Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a football Friday ahead of one of the bigger regular season matchups in recent memory. On today's show, we'll break down the Cardinals-Rams Monday night football game. Mike Jarecki has his three keys to victory. There's certainly a lot at stake in Week 14. First and foremost, a win clinches a playoff spot. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 508, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. It's been real interesting to hear how fans and the media talk about this game on Monday compared to the players because fans and media, MJ, we're focusing on the playoffs, getting into the postseason for the first time since 2015, sweeping the regular season series from the Rams, something they have not done since 2014. Players, though, they're focused more on obviously one week at a time, but playing better at home. They have lost their last two games at State Farm Stadium, 3-2 and two overall. And yes, when you only have two losses, those losses get magnified. But it does seem a point of emphasis this week, play better beginning on Monday. Yeah, and, and if this team is going to be a high seed, you're going to be hosting a playoff game possibly in the divisional round or even the conference championship if they get to that point. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But that this has been the mindset all year. And you lost to a Packer team that obviously didn't have their top wideouts, but they ran the ball. So and losing to Aaron Rodgers isn't the worst thing. I think the game that sticks out is losing to Carolina, just how they came out and, and, and they got boat raced when it came to the run game. And, you know, Cam Newton and P.J. Walker and Christian McCaffrey. So, again, you usually have one of those a year. Didn't see it coming. Um, but I know this team's wired differently than previous teams, and it would be nice to sweep the Rams because, you know, the Rams have been a thorn in their side for, you know, the last few years when it comes to beating them home or away, including in London, and then obviously the Cardinals have been dealing with the 49ers and Seahawks. So it would be nice to take that, you know, that, that opportunity to clinch a playoff berth and then when they head to Detroit, hopefully get the chance to win the division. But you're going to see a desperate Rams team. They've added some new weapons on both sides of the ball, Odell Beckham Jr., and we'll get into some of the matches and then Vaughn Miller. So, you know, I don't know how much we can take from the first game, um, but I do like the fact that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins played their their first time in a long time last week in Chicago, so maybe we'll see a little bit more. Obviously playing indoors, they should be able to spin the ball down the field. It's our job, though, right, to kind of hype up these games, and that's what happens because you only have so many of these. You only have 17 of them, so – Each one, and I like what Christian Kirk keeps saying, each game is bigger than the previous game. But there are some that get more talked about, and I think this is one, obviously, because it's the Rams, it's on Monday Night Football, the national stage, the Cardinals, the last time the nation saw the Cardinals in primetime, losing to the Packers on Thursday Night Football. For a lot of people, MJ, especially nationally, that's their first and only glimpse of the 2021 Cardinals. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's some out there, maybe they don't believe in the Cardinals. Um, but, again, they're probably the most complete team in the league. They don't beat themselves. You know, they were putting up big numbers. But now it's not about that. It's not style points. And, 
you know, I guess if you get a chance to win this game, the, the next game is going to be bigger, and you're playing the Lions, and again, they're playing for a high seed there. So um, it's Monday Night Football. I think the two best games of the week are the Cardinals playing the Rams, and I would say the Bills and Buccaneers. And I'm sure, you know, when you look at Dallas and Washington, um, you got that round-robin tournament, it seems like, over the next couple of weeks for the NFC East. Obviously, teams are jockeying for position uh, when it comes to Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And then you know, we'll see if the Chiefs can continue. So you got a lot of uh, quality games, but I think the two top games, people are wondering how the Bills are going to respond. In the Bucks, we know that, obviously, uh, they're going to try to stay in contention. They're going to win their division. But I think the Cardinals-Rams, because it's really the only game that night, and so they'll get the national stage. Some comments from players. Kyler Murray, I don't think we're making it more than what it is. Max Garcia, not trying to prove anything to the world. I like what we're hearing coming out of that locker room, but there is that emphasis on winning at home. Everyone has been asked that question this week. No one has an answer. But statistically speaking, there are two main reasons for the Cardinals not having as much success at home as they have on the road. One, start better. Cardinals are the best team as far as first quarter scoring is concerned. They have scored a league-best 87 first quarter points. 66 of those have come on the road. The second best team on the road as far as first quarter scoring, the Eagles at 48. There is no other team that has hit the 50-point mark on the road. So 66 points scored on the road to just 21 at home. So those first 15 minutes and the first 15 minutes against the Panthers, what happened? You're down 14-0, 17-0 into the second quarter. So a better start. It's not always about scoring the most points, but don't trail like we've seen this team at home trail. And we haven't seen the team trail a lot on the road. No, and, and really you go back to those two losses. I mean, they give up 4.5 yards on first down to the Packers, and I want to say 4-7. 5-4 against the 5-4, wow, against the Panthers. And it looked like that with the McCaffrey and, you know, obviously them being able to kind of run the ball. Uh, between the tackles and provide him in, in the screen game. So, and then, you know, again, the thing is, you know, teams are going to be able to move the ball from the 20 to the 20. When you get in the red zone, things get a little bit tighter. Obviously, the field gets shorter, and that's where the Cardinals got to get them off the field. But, uh, you know, obviously run defense and being able to run the football. When we get to this time of the year, Craig, it's really the game's one in the trenches. It's one in the trenches all year, but there's some times where you get a lead and all of a sudden, you know, the other team – uh, may have to open up, and that's where the Cardinals have forced some turnovers on the road. But when you get to December football, you have to run the ball and you have to stop the run. And, again, um, yes, they're they're giving up over four, five on on the ground, but they're, but they're only giving up 113 overall. Overall. If this was 165, it, it would be an issue, and I don't think they would be 10-2. and two. So they got some things to clean up, but, you know, obviously they feel comfortable – with their front seven, and we've definitely focused on the secondary and what they provide for. More on the scoring as far as the output on the road versus at home. Cardinals, we know they've won all seven of their road games by double figures. Only one home game won by double figures. That was the Texans game. The two other wins were by one possession. Five of the seven road games, the Cardinals led wire to wire. 
Only one home game did they accomplish that, and that was in the win over the 49ers, and that was a real struggle, 17-10. to 10. What to make of those numbers? Those are just facts, and I don't know if it always explains why this team is not doing as well on at or at home versus on the road. But the big stat is what we kind of touched on, and that is takeaways. This team, as far as turnover differential, they are plus 17 on the road, minus 5 at home. It's very simple, Bird Gang. You keep possession of the football, you score points. You don't have possession of the football, sorry, it hasn't been done. You can't score. So if you're looking for statistics as far as to explain the 3-2 and two home record versus 7-0 and oh on the road, that's what you're looking at. First quarter scoring and turning the ball over. Now, why that is happening, that's a bigger picture that – no one's been able to put their finger on MJ and as Cliff Kingsbury always says if I knew we would correct it so it's still I think something that they're trying to figure out and hopefully that is happening this Monday yeah and and again I think it's been a point of emphasis uh, with the team you can just tell the way they're you know speaking about the game again they know what's at stake right here and it's, it's just one of those things where you know we know how well they play on the road and and Chandler said you know maybe I got to make a play. Maybe I got to change how I play at home versus on the road. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that, but maybe getting a quick uh, uh, sack, getting the crowd in the game, because we know the Red Sea is going to show up. I mean, it's Monday Night Football. So, yeah, I mean, really it's hard to put your finger on it because, uh, you know, those games, though, and even the Minnesota game, Probably should have lost, but they couldn't control Greg Joseph missing the the uh, the pick there or the field goal there. So, yeah, it's just you know I think this team they've made strides in a lot of different areas this year, and when we talk about point of emphasis, I I think we're going to see it. I think they, you know, getting off to a lead would go a long way in this game. I mean, crowd gets into it, you don't let them get any momentum. And I'm not saying you got to score 21 points in the first quarter, but get up two possessions. You know, Get a touchdown and a field goal, and I was 10 nothing, and all of a sudden you can start teeing off on Matthew Stafford and pin the ears back on the defensive line. My only concern with what Chandler Jones had to say, and I totally understand his thinking, is if everyone has that same thought process, I need to make a play. Then all of a sudden you try to do too much, and what do we always hear? Do your job. Don't do something extra. And when you do something extra – Sometimes, a lot of the times, that's when mistakes happen. Then all of a sudden, defensively, a two-yard run becomes 12, 15 yards behind you. You don't want that to happen. But I totally understand, especially when you're talking about a Chandler Jones or a Buda Baker, you know, the, 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 the five-star players. You always talk about five-star players need to step up and have five-star games. And we've seen it at times at home, but just not enough five-star players picking up their game but I don't want guys to to overdo it just let it come naturally don't don't force it because if anyone on this team offense or defense tries to force the issue on Monday they're going to get burned because you can't do that against a quality opponent like the Rams yeah and, and I don't think you know the leaders in on, the, on that side of the ball obviously starting with Jordan Hicks and Corey Peters and Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden and Buda Baker um you know, I, I don't think they'll allow that to happen. It's just like you said, do your job. If all eleven guys are, are doing their job, then you're not gonna you're gonna eliminate the big plays, you're gonna eliminate the chunk plays and you don't have to really but I, 
I, I feel like, you know, it's just this conversation won't be taking place if they can win these next couple home games. And clearly, uh, this is a big one because of what's at stake. You've got the Rams, and then you got the Colts, and you wrap up with the Seahawks on January 9th. Three home games left in this 2021 regular season. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory, the X Factor, and his intangible for this Week 14 matchup. A reminder, though, the Cardinals are hosting a toy drive prior to the Cardinals-Rams game. Collect new unwrapped toys for Arizona Helping Hands. There will be drop-off locations around State Farm Stadium. A QR code will also be placed at the drop-off locations for those who wish to make a monetary contribution instead. Go to azcardinals.com for more information, especially if you want to contribute, even though you might not be attending the game on Monday. There is another practice before this game on Monday. It is on Saturday. So right now, what we know about the health of this team is, one, it's very good. Everyone present at practice on Friday during the open portion, but defensive lineman Zach Kerr, who was out once again with rib injuries. So this team, knock on wood, is healthy and perhaps Chase Edmonds, Aaron Brewer, Charles Washington, and Rashard Lawrence, four players designated to return over the past two weeks. They practiced and perhaps could be activated ahead of Monday's kickoff. Yeah, and, you know, I was told earlier in the week they wanted to make sure that Chase Edmonds was healthy. Now, he put a lot of work in rehab, and we got a chance to see him on the field during the open portion. He looks like he's, you know, back to Chase Edmonds, so we'll just have to wait and see because they definitely need him for the stretch run. Um, Charles Washington, maybe he's still a week away, um, but I think Jonathan Ward uh, and possibly Richard Lawrence, if you don't have Zach Kerr, uh, could be options. And, you know, Ward is more of a special teams player. You know, we'll, we'll see if, if Chase is uh, up, and that would mean also an opportunity for, you know, Benjamin. Maybe he returns kicks. So um, I thought he looked good in practice, but I know earlier in the week they wanted to see, you know, can he knock off the rust? And, and he looked fast to me. He looked, I, I watched him in a couple drills uh, today, catching a ball in the backfield. I watched him going from drill to drill, no hesitation. So, uh, again, they have more information than we do. And, you know, it was nice to see Justin Pugh back out there. And on this Friday is their normal Thursday, so a full padded practice. Correct. And that was what Kingsbury alluded to when he addressed the media on Wednesday. It's, okay, how do they move around? How do they look in full pads? And then it's also, all right, wake up Friday, or excuse me, wake up Saturday morning. How do you respond to having a practice in full pads? Now, they're not going full speed, but it is a difference when you're walking around in shorts versus having the pads on. It becomes a little bit more heavy and more intense of a practice. Yeah, and they've been very consistent. Normally they've done it uh, on a Thursday because they're playing on Monday night. They did it on a Friday and that's and when when they get to tomorrow's practice, um, it'll be about more eighty percent than a hundred percent today because you got the game plan in, and we know Cliff puts a lot of emphasis on what happens during practice when they're going up tempo, um, and that would be the padded practice they had this morning. So Saturday is more about eighty percent, just to make sure everyone's on the same page when it comes to the game plan. Obviously, the different rotations they're going to go with all that will be you know discussed. And then obviously the team will have a you know 
check in a hotel on Sunday and get ready for Monday Night Football. All right, let's us get ready for Monday Night Football. 6.15 is the kickoff. 2.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals 10-2, and two, Rams 8-4. and four. Rams have won six straight games at State Farm Stadium. Six. Now that covers three different head coaches, three different rosters, same head coach for the Rams, but six. Yeah, well, they th- – Six. I understand, but let's go back to week four, okay? They go on the road, and they, ain't, they haven't beat them in eight straight times. And that week I just I said that, that has no bearing on this game. Six times has no bearing on this game. So uh, I understand. And, again, uh, let's focus on this season. you got a chance to sweep the Rams – you swept the Niners, and on paper you should sweep the Seahawks. So, and that and that's impressive because every year you go into the season, and last year they got off to a two and zero start. They beat the Niners and Seahawks within the first month of the season, and they finished two and four. We know what happened in week sixteen and seventeen. So that that tells me they're making progress. And the fact is, you know, they're unbeaten on the road, which is remarkable. Um, so I just kind of like where they're at, and it makes total sense. Third year. Uh, third year with the same head coach, coordinators. Um, you know, we know the identity of this football team. Run the ball, stop the run, score points, play complimentary football. So, um, again, I think the Cardinals are the better team. Now, who plays better on Monday is going to win the football game. All right, so that leads us to you and your homework assignment here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If the Cardinals are to accomplish all of that, clinch a playoff spot, sweep the regular season series with the Rams, end a six-game home losing streak to the Rams, snap a two-game current home losing streak here in 2021, what is Mike Jarecki's first key to victory? Three keys for the Cardinals' victory over the Los Angeles Rams. Establish the run to slow down the Rams' pass rush. In other words, if they do have Chase Edmonds and you got Connor, and I think, you know, based on what I'm listening from Kingsbury, wouldn't be surprised if Kyler Murray, I'm not saying design runs, but if the, you know, if he's getting rushed to, uh, outside the pocket, I do think he'll take off a little bit. But establish a run so you can slow that pass rush down. And that means, obviously, you got to face Aaron Donald. Um Reader in the middle, he's a good player. And then, he, obviously, Leonard Floyd is really one of their pass rushers. And then you throw in Vaughn Miller, and they'll, and they'll drop uh, Jalen Ramsey in the box sometimes. He'll come off the edge. So, to me, establish the run so you can slow that pass rush down. And it would, it would start with Connor, if Evans is playing, and then Kyler Murray. And that Rams pass rush? 32 sacks, fourth most in the league. Leonard Floyd, eight sacks. Aaron Donald, seven sacks. And we know, yes, the Cardinals held Donald in check in the first meeting. I'd be surprised if they're able to do it for a second straight game, at least as far as that effectiveness. Now, you can limit what number 99 does, and I think that's the goal of Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, or Sean Harlow at left guard and Max Garcia at right guard because – Mostly, he's lining up in the interior, although we've seen him on the outside as well, matched up against either Calvin Beecham or DJ Humphreys. Yeah, and the main thing is protect Kyler Murray. Don't let anybody get any free shots on him because he was just dealt with a high ankle sprain, and you got to protect uh, the franchise there. So don't let them get to Kyler Murray or free hit from the backside 
where all of a sudden he can't see it coming. All right, so establish the run, and again, we'll wait and see what happens with Chase Edmonds. He can be elevated as soon as or as late as Monday early afternoon. We have seen roster moves on game day on Monday night game day, so that's a possibility if we don't hear anything during Saturday or Sunday. So what's number two, your second key? Kyler Murray's skill position players versus the Rams secondary. And I'm talking running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So I I believe if you just take away Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp, um, I think there's I think there's a down downward spiral effect that they can establish. And if you go four wide, and we know that Rondell Moore um, can take the ball out of the backfield, Christian Kirk's probably one of the more underrated players on this roster this year. So when I look at that from that standpoint, um, I think they can spread these guys out. But again. Establishing the run utilizes play action. So I like their chances, spread them out, and I think you can attack that secondary. But it all starts with protecting Murray to where he has time to throw. And attacking that secondary with as many options that Kyler Murray has, you look at the first meeting, A.J. Green, Max Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Rondell Moore, James Conner, Christian Kirk. I just rattled off seven different pass catchers, all with at least one catch but no one with more than five catches spreading the ball around. And I don't care who you are, no team has that many defensive backs to take take care of seven different wide receivers. Yeah, and and I think the Cardinals are really effective if they can pick up a first down on a drive and then go with the up-tempo. And that's when they can go, you know, four wide. You can have a Connor in there, and if Edmonds is out there, you can have that. And, and again, they got to defend the entire field, 53 and a third yards from sideline to sideline. So I, that, that's where I think the matchups could be. But, again, it all starts with them protecting Kyler Murray. And Murray in that first meeting, 24 of 32, 268 yards, two touchdowns. Again, not a lot of passing yards, but he didn't need to throw the ball 300 yards because of a running game. So it was a nice balance against the Rams in week four. Yeah, kind of the recipe we were able to see against the Titans and a few other teams where they, including against the Rams, 40 rushes for 213 yards, was it? And so, I mean, they didn't have to, but they're capable of doing that. And when they get a lead in the fourth quarter, it's tough for teams to stop this team. And, and, and Lyman loved that. Just let us let us block. We don't have to worry about pass protection. Protect the ball, and we'll run the ball down their throat. And I'm curious on how much we'll see Jalen Ramsey matched up against DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm not mistaken, the number was eight as far as how many times, how many plays we actually got that one-on-one matchup in the first meeting. That's not a lot when you're talking about 75 offensive plays that the Cardinals ran back earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's what football is about. You take your number one corner, who obviously they, you know, went out and spent a lot of money on and draft picks. And, again, Cardinals went out and made a trade. It wasn't as steep as, uh, obviously, the Ramsey trade. But, you know, iron sharpens iron. I'm sure Hop's looking forward to the matchup. But don't force it. If he's not there, there's so many other options. And, you know, Kyler really hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Um, I think he had in the Houston game maybe when it came to Zach Ertz. So I'd like to see Zach Ertz become a third down weapon, safety net, safety valve. And then when you get in the red zone, I love the shuffle pass. Probably it's on film now, so you probably won't be able to do that. But, you know, I, I think Zach Ertz could be a guy that, you know, picks up third downs and helps move the sticks. Well, you talk about plug and play and just replace Max Williams with Zach Ertz. Max Williams in that first meeting, five catches, 66 yards. So I, there's no reason why Zach Ertz 
can't do that. No, because you, they got so much eye candy out there, and they the way they motion, and they if they can get positive three or four yards on first down, and you know, all of a sudden I they can run the ball, uh, or they can throw it where they're not forced to. Hey, we gotta we gotta be in the gun half the day, and we're gonna throw it around the yard. That's not what they do. They they play complementary football, establish a run, play action get your uh, your weapons involved in the passing game. All right, so we're two-thirds into your three keys to victory. What is number three for the Cardinals to pick up that 11th win on Monday Night Football? Well, I'm going to say make the Rams one-dimensional. In other words, force uh, Matthew Stafford to beat you. We know he's coming off a really good game. Uh, obviously, it's a, there's a, there was that, that was their get-back game. Um, he was very effective, a lot of play action. He got everyone involved. Um, Sony Michelle was out there, Beckham, Cooper Cup. So that that was a get-back game. But, again, they, they were 0-3 in the month of November, and there were a lot of uh, issues there. I still don't think they uh, are the same running team they were in the past. But Sony Michelle, he's kind of like maybe they're Rondell Moore. He can, go, he can run from inside the, uh, the backfield. He's, his size allows him. Maybe you, the linebackers don't see him. He can line up in the slot. He can line up in that wheelhouse route. So he is a weapon. And, you know, we'll, my X factor, we'll get into who I think is going to cover each guy. But make them one-dimensional. And we know that uh, Vance did a really good job the first time where he, they were able to get Stafford off his spot and he was making some ill-advised throws. You bring up Sony Michelle. He was not a huge factor in that first meeting. It was Daryl Henderson. He did not play last week against the Jaguars because of a thigh injury. It's still bothering him this week in practice, but Michelle, without Daryl Henderson on the football field, over 100 rushing yards on 24 attempts, that's going to be a new wrinkle that now all of a sudden Vance Joseph and the Cardinals defense have to account for because it's going to be a different running back, most likely, or if you've got both of them much like Chase Edmonds and James Conner, that 1A, 1B. Yeah, and, and really, James White, uh, 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 Sonny Michelle is really more James White when it comes to what he did in New England. But it's not like he just does one thing. They can move him around. And so they're looking for matchups. And there could be a time where he's in the backfield, goes out in motion. And if you're the inside uh, linebacker, you have to go out there. So sometimes that would be Jordan Hicks. And, again, that wheelhouse route – it's it's easy for a quarterback to make that throw to only the right side where only one guy can catch it or a back shoulder fade. Now, if, when it comes to the tight ends, I would assume Isaiah Simmons is going to draw that assignment. All right, so Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory. Number one, establish the run to slow down the Rams' pass rush. Number two, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, the rest of the skilled position players against a Rams secondary. And number three, force Matthew Stafford to beat you. Cardinals intercepted Stafford early in that first meeting. In fact, it was Byron Murphy doing a good job on Deshaun Jackson on a deep ball. Cardinals were able to convert that interception to a touchdown. That kind of swipped, uh, flipped the script, if you will, early in that contest. A big play by the defense setting up the offense, which has been the M.O. since week one for this team. But when Matthew Stafford gets in trouble, and that means turning the ball over, it just kind of nosedives the rest of the team because he has not been good. The Rams have not been good, and it goes without saying with most quarterbacks, but his turnovers, it's harder for the Rams to overcome, it seems like, based off the numbers this season. Yeah, and, and if you look at his touchdown-interception ratio, it's pretty good. 
I mean, he's only thrown eight interceptions. What does he have, 30 touchdowns? 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Nine interceptions, okay. So, uh, But, again, get him off his spot. All right, it's my X factor. It's going to be Byron Murphy on Cooper Cup and Robert Alford on OBJ. I want Robert Alford to be physical. We know OBJ is a guy that's you know kind of learning on the fly here. Um, he does run good routes. He's got this double move where you may, you better make sure your eyes are on him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Byron Murphy on Cooper Cup and then Robert Alford, and then we'll just have to wait and see if, if Marco Wilson, if they're playing zone, then it's whoever lines up on that side, they'll have that assignment. But I think Marco Wilson, because of his speed, uh, he may get a chance to cover a guy like Van Jefferson. Alford is the veteran in that secondary with respect to the cornerbacks. Maybe not the veteran as far as snaps wearing a Cardinals uniform. This is his first season playing. But he's been playing very, very well. And it's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle when we focus on Byron Murphy and we focus on Marco Wilson and everyone else. But Robert Alford very quietly has put together a very, very good season. Happy for him, and I think the entire team is, but he's needed. He's not playing a ton of snaps as a third corner, but we might see him more as we get further into the regular season and into the postseason. Yeah. Currently, he's only given up five yards per target this season. Among 80 defensive players, they've defensed at least 50 targets. He ranks third in the NFL. He's not getting the credit because of Murphy's getting the interceptions. And then you got, you know, Jalen Thompson, you know, a tackling machine and Buda Baker. Um, but Robert Alford, he's physical. And that's one thing that maybe Wilson eventually will get. He's more of a finesse player where he's really good on turning his hips. And Murphy's kind of both. He's got physicality uh, and he, he, can, he can run with any receiver. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that play. It looked like Stafford had underthrown Deshaun Jackson. Of course, he had just got there. But Murphy was able to read the play and go over and make get that pick. And that's watching film, and that's instincts. And I give Murph a lot of credit because that set the tone in that game. Vance Joseph asked about Robert Alford, quote, I'm not surprised at all, end quote, with respects to how well Alford has played this season. Doesn't get beat much. He can cover his man. And Coach Joseph mentioned the physicality and when you're playing a little bit more man or even with some zone action with guys coming across, it doesn't hurt. Within five yards, obviously, so you're yeah. gonna flag, but don't make it a easy route. Don't make it a comfortable route. Impede the progress, if you will, within the rules. Yeah, and try to keep everything in front of you because I got to assume if they're gonna try to run the ball, regardless who the back is, um, you, you're gonna probably drop either Jalen Thompson or Buddha in the box. So you make sure you get, you know, don't let these guys get behind you where all of a sudden you think you got them in, in space and. You know, a 40-yard or a 40-yard pass becomes a touchdown. So, again, the secondary is going to be the strength this week, um, but it all starts up front with the front seven. Yeah, what do you say? It's uh, on a string. If the if the front yeah. seven gets to the quarterback, they got less time to throw the ball, less time for the defensive backs to cover, and vice versa. Because if they're doing the coverage right, then the quarterback hangs on to the ball a little bit longer, and the pass rush can get to the quarterback. And they, and, and you know, one thing that I notice is very noticeable not only in the Cardinals game against the Rams in week four, just watching them this year, you know, because, you know, sometimes the Cardinals were playing in the morning and they would play at the late game. Jared Goff was a – he was a killer on these bootlegs. And the, Stafford's kind of a killer when it comes to play action. And and if he's if he's rolling, he, he could be accurate. But the whole idea is to get him off his spot. Cardinals covered two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 
All right, we've got the three keys to victory, the X Factor. What's your intangible here in this Week 14 prime time matchup? The bright lights of Monday Night Football. I'm going to keep it simple. Win the turnover battle. That will go a long way. We, we, if they want to stop talking about only three and two at home, uh, you you went through the numbers, rightfully so. And and again, if if the Cardinals don't happen to win this game, it's going to come down to, you know, how many times they turn the ball over. Does Murray get hit, where he's got to get rid of the ball, and that becomes a pick six. Um, but I, I Kyler's done a really good job this year protecting the ball. Cardinals are only at giving up maybe two and a half sacks a game which is very good. Last year, last week he wasn't even touched, so that that will help with his uh, obviously knocking off some of that rust. But win the turnover battle. And, again, if you're minus two or three against the Rams, a desperate team, that probably won't bode well for the Cardinals. It's not a must win, and I don't want to get into the definition of must win, but as far as the conversation that will happen beginning Monday night into Tuesday morning and the rest of the week – I'm reminded about the conversation we had going into the Seattle game right before the bye week. You don't want a two-game losing streak, three out of four, going into the bye and having two weeks of discussion wondering what's wrong with the Arizona Cardinals. Not saying that the narrative will be what's wrong with the Arizona Cardinals, but if you've only seen the Cardinals on Thursday night football against the Packers and then on Monday night football against the Rams, and both those are losses – regardless of if it's a blowout or a close loss like it was against the Packers, then all of a sudden the conversation changes. And obviously the lead in the NFC West shrinks. The lead in the NFC shrinks. But all of a sudden it's not what's wrong, but can the Cardinals continue this with five games left to go, with four games left to go, with three games left to go? Are they the Pittsburgh Steelers of 2020? They get off to an 11-0 start, and then they just collapse. I'm not saying the Cardinals will collapse, but when you have seven days between games, six game, six days between games, people need to come up with something to talk about. That's going to be the conversation. Well, you hit on it uh, when the Cardinals won that game going into the bye week, and that would have been the Seahawks game. And that, to me, that was huge because we know this team has not played well coming out of the bye week for different reasons. You go back to last year after the Buffalo game, they went on a losing streak. Uh, Kingsbury, uh, you know, in the scouting department and the analytics did some research on how they can improve. But I just think this team's wired differently. They're not they're not looking ahead. They're not looking at the Lions game to where they know it's a hat and t-shirt game. Uh, they're looking at this game right here. So um, they've stayed grounded, uh, and the focus is you know tunnel vision until you get to game day and just focus on one game. But you know this they're going to face a desperate team and whoever. You know, can take that first punch. You're the one because standing at the end. And of course, if you win, not only on Monday night, but you keep winning over these final handful of games, then all of a sudden it's become all right. MVP talk for Kyler Murray, comeback player of the year talk for James Conner, which might have already been clinched, depending on who else might be up for. It. But I heard that earlier this week when James Conner was on the NFL Network. All of these postseason honors come when you win in the regular season. Pro Bowl voting as well. As we keep talking about it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, less than a week remains in voting. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Send your favorite Cardinals players to Las Vegas. 
Sunday, February 6th at Allegiant Stadium if you want to see the Arizona Cardinals in the 2022 Pro Bowl. It's funny because I, I looked this up this morning and odds to win the 2021 AP NFL Comeback of the Year Award, Dak Prescott won, Joe Burrow coming off a torn ACL, Carson Wentz, James Conner's fourth. Chandler Jones is on this list, a little bit further down. Darwin James, uh, Christian McCaffrey's out. Uh, Von Miller, Nick Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, but Barkley hasn't been able to stay healthy. But right now the best odds um, is Joe Burrow. I'm sorry, Prescott, Burrow, Wentz, and Connor's number four. Comeback player of the year typically is a player who gets hurt, misses a season, three-quarters of a season, most of the season. Alex Smith. It's not a player that exceeds his mark from a year ago. Yes, James Conner didn't play a full 16 games last year, but he played a lot. I think it was 11 or 12. So it's not like he was out of sight, out of mind, like a Dak Prescott, a Joe Burrow, even Chandler Jones. So I understand all of that. But it's hard to argue when you have 14 total touchdowns. Again, not the per carry average, not the rushing total, but scoring touchdowns, getting into the end zone more than any other player in the National Football League. Well, I mean, we all give credit to Colt McCoy and, and, and give the staff credit uh, because they got him ready to play and he accepted his role. But I don't know if this team would have 10 wins when Kyler and Hop were out without James Conner. I mean, the quarterback gets all the credit and all the blame. Um, but what he's been able to do and to wear these teams down in the fourth quarter, it's been impressive. I mean, uh, at the end of the year, we usually tally up who's the MVP. I mean, if you want to go offensive player of the year, you know, you can look at Hopkins last year, almost over 1,400 yards, over 100 catches, only six touchdowns, but he was able to move this ball and give this team an option. But I, I would have to think if Kyler is the team's MVP, uh, James Conner should be the offensive player of the year. There's no question. At least he's got our vote here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, very simple, win and the Cardinals are in. Win and in. There's also a way <laughs> – for the Cardinals to kind of back into the postseason. That is, if the 49ers lose, the Saints lose, or tie, and the Panthers and Falcons game ends in a tie. I'm sorry, MJ. Those three things are not going to happen. You have a better chance of a Cardinals-Rams tie, which would also clinch a playoff spot. But as you said, win and you're in. Just win, baby. That's it. That's the goal. That's the goal every single week. And out of 12 games, they succeeded 10 of those. So let's get number 11. Sounds good to me as we take a look at what else is going on within the NFC West and the NFC before we head on out of here and really focus on Monday Night Football. But a chance now for you, Bird Gang, to kind of sit back and watch everyone else play on Sunday. 49ers at the Bengals on Sunday. The Seahawks at the Texans. Yes, the Seahawks still alive. The 49ers took a hit last week when they lost to the Seahawks, but an opportunity here for the 49ers to get right. You look, they've still got the Falcons, the Titans, the Texans, and Rams to close out the regular season. Seahawks, even though they're 4-8, and eight, there's still a lot of optimism, but that's tough sledding when you got the Texans, Rams, Bears, Lions, and Cardinals, although on paper the one that really stands out is the Rams game in a couple of weeks or a week from Sunday, and then maybe that week 19, week 18 game against the Cardinals is meaningless from Arizona's standpoint. Yeah. Um, 
selfishly, I'm rooting for the Bills. Give the Bucks another loss because they're going to win their division, and that, now it's going to come down to. And, and clearly, the Cardinals have a two-game lead. Them, they have four losses. So, but it'd be nice to get another one because, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but if you get that first-round bye, all of a sudden you're you're going to probably have to play the Packers or the Bucks at some point, whether it's a division round or a conference championship. Again, take care of business at, at home. Beat the Lions, you win the division, and then we'll tally up where the seeding is. All right, you brought up the conference. Here are the conference standings behind the Cardinals. A game back, the Packers and Buccaneers. Two games back, the Cowboys and Rams. Then Washington, the 49ers, the seven seed. And by way of their win on Thursday night football, the Vikings now ahead of the Eagles as far as knocking on the door in the postseason. 49ers 7, Vikings 8, Eagles number 9. Packers host the Bears, Buccaneers host the Bills, and the Cowboys are at Washington. I like your thinking. Go Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Make rights. What didn't happen on Monday Night Football? Do the Cardinals a solid? I don't know about the Bears and Packers contest. And uh, why not Ron Rivera and Washington do the do a solid for the Cardinals against the Cowboys? Although they keep slipping. And with two games back of the Cardinals, they're 6-1 and one in the conference. Cardinals are 6-2 and two in the conference, so that's also something to pay attention to. What a difference a week makes. Justin Fields is starting. <laughs> We've been saying that a lot with <laughs> respects to which team yes. is the team of the week because very rarely have we heard nationally the same team talked about in such high regard in consecutive weeks. Yeah, but, you know, last week it was Andy Dalton. Thank you, Andy Dalton. Um, it was it Fredersen said he, he looked like he Santa Claus because he was giving presents away at least four, right? Yeah, yeah. Now Justin Fields, and we'll see what transpires there as the season unfolds because I don't know if Matt Nagy is going to be able to save his job. So it will be a fun weekend, a nice weekend for Cardinal fans, and then the work week kicks off with Monday Night Football. Now, do do you, quickly before we go. You mentioned Dallas and Washington, and it seems like they're all going to play each other between Philadelphia and the Giants. This is the way it is. Obviously, weather's always a factor. Um, I don't know if this game's in Dallas or Washington, but – It's at Washington. Washington, okay. you have any issues with, with Mike McCarthy saying he, he, he guaranteed a win? I only read it, so I don't know how it was stated. I know there was an extra sentence attached to it. I feel confident, or I'm paraphrasing yeah. a little bit, but again – what manner was it recorded? What was his facial expression? I understand, you know, what else is he supposed to say? I know coaches just don't go there, and players just don't go there. I mean, yeah. he opened up a door that you typically you don't walk through. That's what you tell your team because he's smashed watermelons. Uh, he's done a lot of different things to motivate his team. Uh, that's what you t My thing is that you better back it up. And now, and now you, bulletin board material – this is the way I feel about that. If you need bulletin board material at this level, you should probably get into another profession because you, you should be motivated to represent your team and the name on the back of your jersey is your family. So I don't know what it means, but I, I have no problem with him telling the team that. But, hey, I guess a lot of people are saying, well, what's he expect to say? We're going to go there to tie? We're going there to lose? No, we're going there to win. But I wouldn't have guaranteed anything. Well, no head coach comes out during the week and says that to the media. Right. There's there's no coach at all that says we're going to win this week. No, this is what we have to do. The goal to is win. to win. Yeah, every week. But I think also he was excited to be back in the building. Yeah, 
and Poor back guy. around his team. Yeah, I mean, he's been staying in a hotel because his entire family got COVID. And so he's, it's probably been miserable. But, hey, if Jerry Jones, um, you know, Jerry Jones had no issue with it, and that's the guy that he has the answer to. That's true. <laughs> Week 14 kicked off with Thursday night football. It ends with Monday night football featuring the Cardinals and Rams again, 6.30, excuse me, 6.15 is kickoff 2.30. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And a reminder, if you are heading to the game, the Cardinals are hosting a toy drive. New unwrapped toys for Arizona Helping Hands. There will be drop-off locations around State Farm Stadium. A QR code also will be placed at drop-off locations for those who wish to make a monetary contribution instead. Go to azcardinals.com for more information. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.